This is an ABC podcast. G'day everyone, Sammy J here for another Snack Pack and it is with great pleasure I welcome you back, my little cheeky podcast family. Does that annoy you if I call you my family? It's quite possessive, isn't it? A lot of people, a lot of people get annoyed when people call them part of their family when they're like, no, I'm just your colleague, mate. I'm not your family. But on the other hand, we all have different families, don't we? I got my breakfast radio family, I got my comedy family, got my comedy husband, Randy. I think it's a sign of intimacy because it means you can love each other and you can have massive fights, you can be honest with each other. It's deep, it's real, it's true, it's real life. And nothing is more real life than this week's Snackback episode. Adam Spencer, he's real life. He's a real life mathematician. He's our go-to numbers guy. And there are five good reasons why you're going to love listening to him. One, he's smart. Two, he's entertaining. Three... Yeah, okay, look, I've got two good reasons, but that's enough. Stay tuned, it's going to be great. Plus, Kate Burridge, our resident word nerd, gets our nongs in a knot. Because she's going to explore whether or not the word nong is offensive. And is that just entirely subjective? You be the judge. Also, Jeff Payne. Jeff Payne, who plays Dr. Clive Gibbons in Neighbours, is going to give us the inside scoop on that Kylie and Jason reunion that was filmed in Melbourne this week for the final episode of Neighbours coming up. And he's also got a bit of an issue with actors who do bad accents, leaving you wondering exactly which country they or their fictional parents are from. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Hey, who's your, who's your other family, Gossie? The other family is my lovely crew on this mighty boat, the Cape Draft and the 20-metre crayfishing vessel up in the Torres Straits. Are you on there right now? We are right here right now, and we're... Just the boys about ready to uh, jump in their small dories and go out and catch some crayfish. Gossie, tell so, me, how, how long have you known the, the, the crew? How, how, how deep does the family go? Well, one of them goes fairly deep. One of them's my son. <laughs> um, yeah, every now and then he recognises me with a nod and a wink. <laughs> Adam Spencer was the breakfast announcer on ABC Radio Sydney. Adam, did you have a, a work family when you were on radio? I had a special sub-family within the family. Our show started at 5.30, and I had a particular respect for the people who listened between 5.30 and 6 a.m. So mm-hmm. what I would often do, you know, and you know how you have to do this, you have to promote ahead. Don't forget, sometime today, I'm going to play a little bit of audio, and if you hear it calling before 6 a.m., if I was plugging it, I'd always go, look, sometime today, look, hey, between you, don't, don't tell the guys who tune in after 6 I'm going to do it at about 20 past 7, okay? It's going to be straight after the news. We're going to do a first story. I'm going to come back and then I'm going to play the audio. You might be busy. Look, if, I'll tell you now, the audio is actually, look, it's it's Michael Clark, the Australian cricket captain, okay? So just just ring me at 20 past 7 and say Michael Clark and you'll win the... And I, I would just give the whole game away to any true blood brothers and sisters who were willing to listen before 6am. I have the 5.30 Club here on Brecky's. I'm going to steal that and, and, you know what, and introduce a secret word where they get to suggest a word I have to work into one of the serious interviews after 7 o'clock. What do you reckon? By definition, if you're not part of the family, you will never, never know. Adam Spencer, always pilfering your ideas. Thank you, uh, brother. Where are we no, starting today on our number journey? Today is the 5th of May, the 5th of the 5th, 5-5, five, five, so I thought I'd tell you five fantastic facts about the number five. Strap yourself in. Here we go. Five's a prime number. It's the second odd prime after three. It's the third number overall. Five's a nice prime number. Fact number one, nice and easy. Here we go, number two. 
Five fives are 25, yes? Yes. And if you multiplied five again, you'd get 125. And again, 625. And your five multiplying by five keeps ending in a five. The five itself keeps repeating. When the last digit or digits of a number keep repeating as you multiply them by themselves, we call that automorphic. Six is also automorphic. You get 36, 216, 1,296, automorphic. 25 is automorphic, 76 is automorphic. There's an infinite number of automorphic numbers. You should possibly take my word for that, Sammy. But five (laughs) is the first automorphic number, okay? Automorphic, love it. Five fact number three. We're moving away from mathematics into your home of music. Mm. Mozart, we know, learned to play the piano at the age of three. Well, by the age of five, he'd written his first composition, a minuet and trio in G major. Here's a little bit of it, written by written by Mozart at the age of five. <laughs> when I think that Mozart was only five when he wrote this, I recall that great Australian saying, pull your head in, pal. Yeah, no that's one likes disgusting. I mean, yeah. as Tom Lehrer said, uh, it is a sobering fact that when Mozart was my age, he'd been dead for three years. There you go. <laughs> okay, that's five fact number. Okay. Five fact number four. Within Hinduism, the universe comprises five elements. Earth, or Prithvi, water, Jala, fire, Tayas, wind, Vayu, and space, Akasha. Five elements of the universe according to Hinduism. That's fact number four. (sighs) But I don't know where we're going to finish with because there have been some pretty sweet facts already. I've learned some new words as well. Today is the 5th of the 5th, 5-5, five, five, yes? Mm-hmm. Well, a happy 101st birthday to one of the world's most famous perfumes because French designer Coco Chanel's favourite number was 5. <gasps> and in 1921, on this date, she, re- she re- released for the first time the famous Chanel number 5. 101 years old today, named numerically for the date the 5th of the 5th, and your five fact, number five. The Snack Pack. Who's, who's your other family? My Brazilian family. The yeah, exchange student, Cecilia, who was beautiful, dated on nine months. We'd be to her place three times, or her family's place in Brazil. <gasps> and then two days ago, she had her second baby, and I think I was the second person that she arranged. She said, I'm not going to get it much. Oh, Gwen, this is beautiful. You have an actual Brazilian family. Yes, it's beautiful. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Kate Burridge is a linguistics professor at Monash University. She's someone I love because she knows so much about words and she uses them so well. Although, maybe, Kate, I'm just trying to stack the cards here in my favour because I'm probably secretly worried that you think I'm a bit of a non. (laughs) I would never think that. Well, why not? I am a bit of a nong, aren't I? Oh, we're all a nation of nongs, I think. And I've had a lot of people worried about that word, Sammy. Now, why do they worry about the word nong? I don't know. They clearly love it. I've had a lot of emails recently, a few conversations. Um, They love, you know, and we've been talking about each other as colossal nongs since the turn of last (laughs) century. But people are worried that it's racist. They've got this idea in their head. and, And it's quite interesting that, well, perhaps not surprising, that once 
vocabulary items get associated in people's minds with obscene vocabulary or offensive vocabulary. They get dropped like hotcakes. Absolutely. And you know what? Mm. I wouldn't use the word nong now, probably for the... I don't have an official stance, a yeah. nong stance, but just hearing you describe it and hearing how unfamiliar it is in my mouth, I realise, no, it's certainly one that I wouldn't use because probably for that exact reason, I fear mm. that it's... Uh, well, that's probably... Uh, stems from something that is perhaps racist. That That's it. And that's, you know, if you don't want to risk it, do you? You don't no. want to risk offending people. So uh, even if <laughs> there's no etymological links, and, and in fact, Nong is quite innocent. And I've been doing some etymological oh sleuthing. Oh my gosh, take us down the Nong hole. Well, I think that, there, look, there's a flourishing of these words um, since the 1500s. But they go back to idiot, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Even though, it looks so Nong appeared in the, yeah, as I say, sort of 1901 is the first official kind of record of Nong being used in a sporting context okay. as, a, as a hopeless um, performance. But um, I think it's probably much older. It's very hard to date this vocabulary. But it comes from Ning Nong, which is... Um, uh, Ning Nong's all right. Yeah, early 1800s. So Ning Nong has got that lovely vowel alternation that's so, you know, like TikTok. Ding dong. It goes back hundreds of years, that one. And it's TikTok's a, onto something, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> well, it's never top tick. That's the interesting no. thing. It's always a high vowel and then a low vowel. Uh, and we will never change that. Zigzag. Exactly. Yeah, flim flam, mm. mishmash. It's always high, low. So this is, okay, so ning nong, clearly not offensive. Nong, possibly offensive. Possibly so what's offensive. happened in ah, the interim? Well, but you've got to go back earlier. So go back to idiot, in which appeared in, in 1300s. Mm-hmm. It, interestingly, idiot originally meant private person, so obviously it was, you know, considered a pretty silly thing to do to keep to yourself in early times. But anyway, so uh, then you had, you know, an idiot, and then you became, then that became a nidiot because the N's often dropped off oh. and stuck at the front. So then you got nidget, and that's well attested, nidget from the early 1500s with various spellings. Mm-hmm. And then, look, I had to write all these down. Well, I've only got a, a, just a couple of them here because I had well, trouble so we, keeping we, them in my head. We went from Ning, no, narrow, no, we, no, we went from idiot to nidget to, to, to idiot to nidget. Yep. And then to, well, we then there was ninny. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then, well, then niddy, um, sorry, ninny lobcock and a whole lot of other <laughs> ninnies, but possibly from, you know, a modelling of nidget, but also there's innocent in there and innocent. But then you get ninny. But then you got noddy, um, probably from, and then noddy ninny hammer, and then noddy poop and niddy and niddy cock. And interestingly, though, there's also nigmanog, which I find really interesting from the early 1500s because that's got that little m stuck in the middle, like watchem a call it, thingamajig, ujima yeah. flip, you know, there's some, <laughs> and even Homer Simpson's, you know, via malin, edumacate, sophisticated, which is Homeric in fixation, as it's known. Um, but you know, that that was uh, quite common in those days. So Nigmanog, 1600s, gave Nignog, and, uh, and Nig was around a long time. So look, and, and I think my favourite, which is Nincompoop, is a, is a melting pot of all of these because there was also Noddy Poop. Poop was a fool. Kate, I want to release the last two minutes of radio as a spoken word track. I reckon we top <laughs> Triple J's Hottest 100 with your eloquence and depravity. You are indeed sophisticated. <laughs> Good name for your memoir. <laughs>
So where have we got to at the end out of all of that? Where does Nong then arrive? Well, it, you know, it's not going to save Nong. I mean, it didn't save those five or six single-syllable <laughs> words beginning with F and ending in K that had no etymological <laughs> links to the F word either. It's why we lost count. You know, why is it not the Earl of... Well, it's it's the Earl of Northumberland, not the Count of Northumberland, because... And Count was a French word. Yeah. And all of those French titles pushed out the English titles, but not in this case because, of course, it was pronounced the same. It smacked too much of the dreaded C word. Look, we've lost so many words this way, so I, I fear that Nong, poor old Nong's days are numbered. I don't know about Ning Nong um, and, or Nig Nog. I mean, Nig Nog did have a, a time where it was, you know, offensive. But even Nincompoop was condemned in the early Encarta Dictionary where they wanted to get rid of all of these words referring to, to fool or hopeless case. Nig Nog sounds like eggnog, though, and that's yeah. delicious. <laughs> We're talking families, not your real family, but your fake family, your work family, your fictional family on the Snack Pack today. And one family that we are all part of is the Ramsey Street family. We've been part of it for 37 years here in Australia, something like that. But it's coming to an end soon. And to mark that, pleasure to welcome to the Snack Pack a man who's been on it since the early years, Jeff Payne, a wonderful actor. Although... Jeff, I've got to say, I'm most excited about talking to you, not because of your work on Neighbours, but because of your work on Leno and Woodley, when you played the immortal role of Penguin Man. Contributing to the cultural life of this nation, it is the wonderful Jeff Payne. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Sammy. How are you? Very excited, Jeff. Uh, not because of your work on Neighbours, but because of your work on Leno and Woodley playing Penguin yeah. Man, which has yeah. um, entertained me for many decades as well. It was a big deal at the time, and I was briefly cool for my own children, so I was very grateful for that one episode. You must surely now be cool in the eyes of your children, being as attached as you are both in the early years and the later years of Neighbours. a huge time right now. Actually, uh, I don't think dads are ever cool in the eyes of their children, uh, but I think they work with cool people. So they go, oh, dad's worked with some really cool people. He'll never be in that category, his dad. Well, okay. In that case, surely the reflected glory of having worked with Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan with their secret appearance recently being filmed. Were you anywhere near Pinot Court in Vermont? No, no. This was done like witness protection. They shot this (laughs) totally away from everyone and everything. It is completely under wraps. And, uh, yes, it is totally, totally under wraps. We have no clue what happened. Jeff, surely you're... very excited. No. By now, you know the script writers enough. Surely you would have said, hey, surely there needs to be a medical emergency. Dr. Clive Gibbons needs to make a quick appearance. Look, it's been a long time since Dr. Clive Gibbons performed a tracheostomy (laughs) on someone's throat because of a bee sting with a Wiltshire stay sharp that he happened to have nearby. It's been a long time since I've done that. And I did that based on an episode of MASH, because that was my only term as a reference. I think Father Mulcahy did the same thing in MASH. So, Jeff, yeah. I'm, going to, I'm trying to shake you down here, but you can't give us yeah. one glimpse, not even for Kylie like, and Jason, but for, but for yourself or for the other storylines that are going to see this. I would, I, would, I would tell you if I knew, but, but I haven't been sworn to secrecy. I'm outside the, the inner <laughs> circle. It just They shot it. It's done. It's there. And, uh, yes, I'm looking forward as much as anyone to see what they come up with. Well, before that day arrives, of course, there's still plenty of neighbours to come and there's still plenty of pain to come from Jeff Payne. As you talk us through your pain, what is the hill you're prepared to die on today as an actor? It's sort of what I'd call half accents. It's when actors sort of do the accent, but they don't go all the way through. And accents are a real bugbear of mine because ever since Meryl Streep exploded onto the scene and said, you've got to get this right, most actors have said, yes, you're right, I've got to do my homework. But every now and then you just go, they haven't quite got it. And I'm 
Sammy, I'm saying this out of guilt. I did the same thing and have done the same thing myself many wow. times. So, yeah. okay, let's get the parameters right here because on one extreme we have Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, who didn't even make an attempt. He was an American-accented uh, Robin Hood yeah. and surrounded by English-speaking characters. Well, uh, except that none of us would have understood Middle English if they had done it authentically because it all sounds like Danish in those times. So he would have probably said, look, I am speaking the same language just with a different accent you know but so, yeah i don't think he put much effort into it but you yeah. can re- you can respect that because he wasn't doing a half effort so it's the half effort that you have issue with well it's actually it's probably bad accents i'll be honest people <laughs> that go look i can't be and dick van dyke unfortunately he was a very clever guy but his work in mary poppins is almost unwatchable because she goes no one no one said at the time dick come on it's not cockney i don't know what you're saying but please put more effort into this they just didn't go that distance. And we have to now because so much has been consumed right around the world. We have to get these accents right because it's a, it's a mark of respect, surely. Well, surely it is. But you've also you've alluded to this just, just before, Jeff. So I need to um, have some examples here of either right. your best or worst accents because you are, you're an actor of the stage and screen for many okay. years. Uh, which ones? Let's start with the ones you feel you've mastered. Okay, so I, I thought I'd got a Belfast accent down. Okay, many years ago, I auditioned for Mission Impossible here in Melbourne, and I don't know if you, anyone ever saw it, but it was possibly the worst, cheapest television show ever made outside LA. Sounds like sour grapes, and, Jeff. Well, no, it was a terrible... It was basically, during a writer's strike, they reheated old scripts, including old episodes of Mission Impossible. Oh. And so I put this... Belfast accent, and I'm, I'm dropping into it now because I thought that I'd trade this on, I'd do it at 100 miles an hour to impress the producers. And I thought that if I did this accent, that they'd think it's fantastic, and they'd hire me. And the producers did not understand a word I was saying. So they said, okay, look, we'll give you the role, but you've got to pull it back now because this is basically going to an American audience, and we want you to do the kind of top of the morning, my friend type Irish accent that is cringeworthy. However, uh, what can I say? I kind of did it. I did a half Belfast. I liked your Belfast. You, you, you could have passed then for Tom from Dublin, who uh, calls I, in regularly. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's it, and the, probably the worst example would be Jürgen, which was just the character I did on Comedy Company 30 <laughs> years ago, <laughs> which was meant to be a German tourist. And look, honestly, uh, my frame of reference for that must have been Hogan's Heroes or something. It's really bad that we get these ideas about stereotypes, but actors copy actors we can't help it we watch the same movies and we go i'm going to do that and then we realize we're not actually doing the accent we're doing another actor's version of the accent so so can we have a little bit of yoga or will it get get you cancelled in the modern world oh no it would get me cancelled this was at a time (laughs) when con the fruiterer was not played by a greek person it was just a really it was we just can't do that stuff these days couple of days Couple of days. Can you do your best bad French accent for me, Jeff? Well, the thing about the French, I'm doing the stereotype. <laughs> I just put a Z into virtually every word that I'm saying. <laughs> and the thing about the French is you stress the wrong syllable. <laughs> it is very important that you hit the wrong part of the word when you're saying it. That is, t- I will be, actor's equity is ringing now to cancel my membership. <laughs> There we have it, folks. I hope this snack pack has helped keep you company on your train trip or your car commute or just lying in bed with a cuppa. That's the thing about podcasts. You do it your way, baby. Pleasure to be part of your little podcast family. Thanks to my beautiful breakfast radio family on ABC Radio Melbourne and in particular to Sir Ross Kavanagh for stitching this together. I'll see you for another snack pack same time next week.